Hi, welcome to the No Contact Club. I'm Portia. And I'm Chloe. And this is our second episode. <laughs> are we just going to introduce every episode? I like, know. They're like, guys, we know who you are. Stop <laughs> telling us your names. Or just saying, this is the third episode. If yeah. you guys can't count. <laughs> if you can't read descriptions in the episode. Yeah. Or just the <laughs> name of yeah. the episode saying episode two. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. it's not clear enough. So how have you been, Chloe, since I last <laughs> saw you as we were sitting downstairs together eating dinner? And watching TV together? Yeah, great. How about you? Yeah, not bad. <laughs> I've, I've, you know, just been working from home. My okay, home. At your home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been interesting. So how does it feel to have a podcast now? It's kind of weird. Yeah, it is a little bit I weird. was actually saying to Ellen earlier, I'm like, like we got a couple of emails, um, encouraging emails and then I kept saying to Ellen I almost keep expecting to get one from mum like yeah what the fuck are you doing like yeah. yelling at us yeah. but like at the same time I don't know I mean if it happens it happens yeah I guess yeah but it it is actually quite interesting because of how many messages both of us collectively have gotten from people being like yeah. I can relate to the story I yeah I you a know, surprising amount. I've gone no contact with my dad or my dad's a narcissist or, you know, I've gone no contact with my mum and, and it's really, yeah. I was relating so much. Or, I got a text from someone who said that um, their mum wasn't a narcissist but their sister is and they don't talk to them at all and it was just really, it was so, so nice to get messages or, or just comments from people saying like, hey, I really enjoyed this, I really, you know, yeah. related to this part or this part um, and we got really good feedback from my the two the parents of the kids I look after, they're so so nice and came over and just like had a big chat to us yeah. and it was so encouraging. Yeah, and it was really made us feel it, really good. One, one thing that I found really interesting and I I don't know why I didn't expect it because I think this is what we set out to do mm. was the amount of people that said what certain things brought up for them or what how they yes. saw themselves and what we were talking and about. And related to it. And related to it. Like even different stories of growing up or different stories yeah. of their family members. It was like, I I don't know why I didn't expect that to I happen. I think it's so easy for us to be like, like, shit happened to us, but so much, I don't know. It's like, it's very easy to exist in this like bubble. Like where you, you just you don't mean, hear about narcissistic mothers or like, you know, bad mums. If, if you do, they're gen- generally like an anomaly, like, um, Gypsy Rose and her mother or like, like the real, the real yeah, dramatized like, version. Yeah. And you hear it there everywhere, you know, but you don't hear about mums that treat their kids bad because they're so socially like it's. It's not yeah. accepted that mums act yeah. like that. <laughs> and I think also um, because we exist in our own little bubbles. Yeah. And, and, but and I guess what I'm trying to say is like you and I, we have this knowledge of narcissism and mm. we're on a lot of Facebook support groups. We talk to our therapists about it. We've read books about it, articles. Yeah. We've done all this research. So we already exist in that bubble of understanding this stuff. But and then, the different terms and things. Yeah, but then there are people who were listening to this and were saying, I didn't know about this This yeah. um, subject. I didn't know this term. I didn't understand. I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah. And, and so I think that in itself was shocking to me because of the fact that that – other people didn't know mm. yeah so i think it's easy to f- like forget that other people go through this stuff and um and don't necessarily have labels for things like yeah. even even labeling like i never would have labeled our mother as narcissistic like yeah ever and then when we read more about it i'm like oh shit that's our she's mom. like key narcissist <laughs> yeah yeah it, i yeah it's it's i think also because of the fact that people won't necessarily want to well you don't want to think of your mum as this horrible person but then it's like like i just want to i just want to interrupt quickly yeah i want to i want to just make for everybody to be aware that um when we say mum or when we use female terms for things it doesn't necessarily mean that we're just blanketing um we're saying a blanket term of, of only women can listen to this podcast. Only yeah. people can come and listen to this when their mother is a narcissist. I think this is a, like we're using she and her and female pronouns as a um, blanket term for stuff. But because of our that's yeah, what because we of our experience and that's mom. what we'll talk about a lot. But um, yeah, I just wanted to hopefully clear people that up. can still relate, even if it is their dad or their sister or yeah. their friend or partner, ex partner. You know. Yeah, I just wanted to get that. Across yeah, no, that's before. a good point. That's a good point to make. Yeah. 
Um, sorry, what were you saying? I don't even remember, <laughs> but I think it's funny that we were like, it'd be nice at the beginning of every episode to just have a chat about like casual things and we're like straight into it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. But, um, so the weather, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, we did mention though, it's weird that New Zealand is now in level two today Yeah, and it's kind of weird. Like I took the kids out and we went and did some errands and like the roads were so busy and there was like yeah. traffic and yeah, it's kind of weird. Like back to I'm, some sort of normal. I'm terrified of going back to working in the office. I'm, yeah. I'm still working from home next week. Yeah. But in the week after that, I have to back into drive, the city. drive in peak morning traffic Ooh, and, and no. already because I have so much social anxiety anyway. <laughs> and now it's just like peak peak social anxiety I because I have to go back into the office. So I'm like, oh, I feel so <laughs> lucky that I literally live across the road from my work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah. shall we, shall we get uh, into it? Get into it. Hey, while we are knowledgeable about this stuff because of our collective experiences, we aren't professionals. We research what we talk about and our references are in the show notes, but please don't take anything we say as gospel. If you feel like you need support, you can reach out to us at the no contact club at gmail.com or see the links in the show notes. Thanks. Um, so today, tonight, it's actually nighttime. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. So maybe tonight, it's daytime when you're listening to this. Maybe yeah. you're going for a run. Keep running. Maybe you're it's going really for a Yeah. I hope that Keep our uh, beautiful voices are soothing you along. Okay. Serenading anyway, you. anyway, yeah. Now we're going to talk shit. And at the beginning of the episode, <laughs> it was all serious. Um, so today we are going to be talking about sort of the family dynamics that are involved with narcissists. Especially when it's a parent. Yeah, especially when it's a parent, like a family kind of dynamic of the certain roles that the children and spouses uh, play. play. Unconsciously too, because, yeah, you know, when we were doing research about the stuff, we had no idea about any of these. But once you read the terms and you read the, like, examples it's so easy to be like holy shit that was my experience yeah or, that's you know how mum treated my sister or, or yeah. whatever so I think um the first thing that possibly we should set out is why these roles are kind of put into place mm. um basically narcissists for lack of a better term they want drama they there's this term called narcissistic supply and essentially it's um like energy it's attention yeah. they want they want they like feed off it like yeah yeah they want their they want attention the to be on them they want the drama they want that whether it's negative or positive um yeah. No, I was going to say it's just drama like causing problems and making a big deal out of things when it really doesn't need to be a big deal at all. Like, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I think it, it may seem like, well, why would they want that? But I think it's, I think it's part of, part of the fact is they want that attention and it doesn't matter where it comes from. Or yeah. What place it's just it attention. Comes from. Yeah. They, they will set up um, certain family dynamics and sort of pit siblings and colleagues and friends against each other. Um, and, and, sort of thrive off the like negativity it might create or the drama it might create yeah and one thing that I mean when we started looking into this stuff and we were looking at narcissistic supply one thing that was really interesting was the fact that we looked back at mum's mm. relationships that she's had in the past and I can't remember one time where she hasn't had drama with somebody like oh my god 100 percent. you know it first it's you then it's me then it's yeah and like never talking about a problem like she would always come to yeah. me and be like oh you know such and such like you know who the person she was with at the time is so annoying he keeps doing this and it's really driving me up the wall I think uh, that we should just say something uh, yeah like yeah. It, it's so stupid and, and I'll be like well why don't have you talked to them have you talked to him about it no, no, he, no should, he should know that, like, that was such a that was such thing. a mum thing oh of God. saying of saying no they should just know yeah and it's like no but people aren't mind readers if yeah you're upset about something that someone's saying talk about it talk, like talk to them about it but it's not on me to figure out why you're grumpy like, yeah yeah but that's that's basically like one th one really common factor in narcissists with yeah. narcissistic parents especially in narcissistic narcissistic mothers is that they will always have a grudge against someone or they'll always be in the middle of a fallout or they'll always you know cut, be cutting friends off saying that they oh did God, some perceived yeah. thing i can't tell you how many friends 
mum has cut off in some big dramatic fashion and roped everybody in on it. Yeah, like, well, it's it's almost like um, it's almost like they they want someone to pin it on. To, to put that negative attention on to, to yes, take away from, from them their own behavior yeah um it's like it's like the mother yelling at the child and and the child then going to walk away I guess and the mum stepping back and knocking over a glass of milk and going look what you made me do it's yeah like, no that I don't know if that was no a no example. it makes sense though because like <laughs> yeah no it's just it's one thing I think we we mentioned this like ages ago just in the car is one thing that's weird is like we're talking about this like setup of like a family dynamic and and manipulating to like so that things play out a certain way but like the narcissist isn't even aware that they're doing it it's not yeah. like they consciously like okay that person's going to be my scapegoat and yeah. this person it's just like it just like manifests itself because of their because behavior. Of their, like it's so, yeah. and it's a very strange thing. But yeah. So, in regards to the family dynamic, the family dynamic, we'll be talking about the scapegoat. Um, and the scapegoat is kind of the person that gets blamed for the way the narcissist responds to situations. I guess yeah. they are the ones who who um they they push all of the negative. Uh, attention mm-hmm. onto that person. That person, like if you imagine the narcissist has the sun, and yeah. then all of the planets are her siblings and spouses and friends and, and everyone in and her life. Everyone yeah. in her life, it's they're all there revolving around her. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you have good experience being the scapegoat for the last like couple of years, I guess. Yeah. Of before you went into contact, you were a hundred percent that person yeah but i think also it's important to point out that mm. that the roles can also change 100 oh, really like you've had experience being yeah. the scapegoat i had experience being the scapegoat even our sisters the roles have all changed i mean some people can have more experience in one role yeah like, i think i've had more experience i being think the scapegoat you have. than being a golden child so even when there's no obvious fault with the child yeah. you know like they misbehave or they're doing bad in school but they're just being normal yeah kids. not that those things are even cause for you know horrible narcissistic abuse yeah um but the it's quite common that the narcissist or in our case our mum will pick a scapegoat that reminds them of their own failings you know yeah. so they want to demean that person because they're too you know in her face about what's think, wrong with her i think that's why I was, I fit into that role so easily. Like mm-hmm. I never obviously asked for it, but, <laughs> but I mean, how often did mum and I fight? Oh my God. So often. like, and we would have horrible fights, horrible, horrible fights, yeah. like screaming matches. Yeah. And half the time afterwards, I didn't even understand how it got there. No, but it it's often the child that is more truthful for well yeah that's a good lead into like the situation before you went no contact where you would argue with mum, you would come around to my house and we would talk about it and you'd tell me all the stuff about the argument and what it was about and then I would hear the same thing from mum, but it was completely different yeah and and I I don't know I know you were telling the truth and yeah well, it, I hope that you know I know yeah <laughs> But you can see how you were like a threat because you threatened this like dynamic. Like yeah, you weren't gonna and sit around and be treated like shit. You were standing up for yourself and arguing and and speaking saying no, up. this is wrong. Like I'm yeah. gonna be honest about the situation. Yeah. Um. And and that makes them like a real target, target. for the for the narcissist target, yeah. because you're you are threatening the dynamic of the family. You're threat. You're threatening and, the peace. And someone who's speaking up about you know things that aren't right that's gonna draw a lot of attention and yeah I mean maybe not so much for you at that time because we were all older but you know perhaps as kids drawing attention to a mother who's an alcoholic and picks up well, that's, the kids that's what, home uh, that's picks what, the kids up from school drunk it's like not a great that's idea that's what you did when we were kids I mean, when mum would come and pick us up drunk from school and be swimming yeah. all over the road, you were the one who really, because you were older, yeah. and you were the one who was essentially being mum for all of us, yeah, for five of us, <laughs> including the yeah, being myself. You. But but because you were the sort of 
parent, you were also yeah. pinned as the scapegoat as a child. Yeah, because like, of the fact that you were the one who would, you know, try to send mum to bed when she was lying drunk. in the hallway or We would always end up arguing in the evening because it was, you know, 1, 2 in the morning or even just like 11, 12 at night. And I had school the next day and the girls were in bed and she'd be out on the computer um, just drunk, wasted, listening to music and talking online to whoever. Or and she, no, she would also be lying in the hallway. Yeah, just... <laughs> Do we really want to go into Just, just lying there, you know... Naked. Too, too far gone and, um... Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's not... Let's, we don't have to go into great detail. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of awkward. I don't know. I, I just laugh it off, but, like, yeah, I would put her to bed and she'd be sitting in the hallway just naked with everything hanging out and you know unable to stand up straight or unable to do anything so and the crazy thing was is that so we were all very young including yourself yeah. i think you you at, look at like yourself peak as... peak bad times in that house was like i was uh 15 14 yeah so you're still a child yeah um but it was it's interesting because when i think back on that stuff and i remember always waking up to arguments always waking oh, up to arguments all the time. and the interesting thing was and this is sort of taking it back to being mm-hmm. a scapegoat is the fact that we would wake up to these arguments and i would be i don't know how old i was like under 10 yeah and I wouldn't know what was going on. And then the next morning, mum would be the one to go, no, she was, I wasn't drunk. Like it was, she, it was, it was it, I was in the wrong. We would, yeah. we would blame it on you and be mad at you or be. For picking fights with mum. Yeah. Because her, her whole thing was, you know, she's picking fights with me. But mm. then now that we're looking at it, it's like, no, actually she, she's just, just trying to get her to bed so I could go to sleep. Yeah. Cause I had school the next day. Yeah. So it's interesting to see how, you threatening her, be- you threatening to out her bad behavior, i.e. Yeah, and like call her out on it and. Yeah, being drunk is perceived as a bad thing because it's pointing it on her. So then yes, she will turn she it She doesn't around. want to face the realization that she's, you know, not doing a great thing. Yeah. This, it's, it's such a dramatic story, but she. She slapped me across the face. She what? Slapped me across the face. And I'm laughing as I say that. And she said something like, you need a therapist. (laughs) And I just like stood back and grabbed the door. And I was like, no, I need a mother. And slammed the door shut. And I remember thinking like, is this from a movie? Like, am I... Am I living a movie right now? Like, it was so weird. You you must have just just been like, this will get her. Yeah, and it didn't. (laughs) No, it never would. It never would. I, I think... Also, it's important to point out, now that we've derailed this entire conversation, um, I think it's also too impo- to, important to point out the fact that because the scapegoat is directly challenging um, the, narcissist. the narcissist behavior and threatening that dynamic and being open and honest about it, in the same way that that's kind of like to their demise mm. of, of making them a target, it's also a little bit of their salvation because mm. then they're able to go forth and kind of question the workings of the family and ultimately help them get like, out of get that out. situation. Yeah, because why would you want to stay when you're treated like that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, at the moment I'm currently studying for a um, diploma in psychology mm. um, with the hopes of becoming maybe a counsellor or something, I don't know. But I recently learned about something called the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Okay, it's just a good, very long word. It's very technical. <laughs> We're going to get uh, educational, educational on you now. Um, so the short term is just DSM and the newest version is DSM-5. But basically it's just like a manual that uses like common language yeah. and standard criteria to help define disorders and what is the definition of a narcissist club <laughs> uh, let Please. me just put on my glasses um so the official definition from the dsm-5 is a pervasive pattern of grandiosity with a need for admiration a lack of empathy a sense of entitlement among other things yeah so that's pretty black and white kind yeah. of and it's there's you know there's different levels and different types um yeah the two most common types i think are covert or overt narcissism. Yeah. Our mum was a covert narcissist. Yeah, 100%. Would you like to give an example of, uh, or to say, explain the difference between the two? <laughs> Thank you. So, <laughs> um, so overt 
I mean, they're aggressive in their approach, and it's easy to spot yeah. someone who's overtly narcissistic yeah. in the same way that it's easy to spot someone who's overtly anything. Yeah. Whereas covert, like the word suggests, it's like hidden. You don't know. They're sneaky. Yeah, you can't tell what they're up to when they're doing it. And, and so often we'll be like, remember when mum did this and realise that, you know, that's actually quite fucked up. And You realise after the fact that she's that she's put these things in yes. place to manipulate you yeah um, it's it, it you often don't spot their behavior until you're sucked into that and yeah and it's too late yeah um i think in terms of talking about narcissism we'll be probably discussing covert More rather than, than anything overt because yeah. of the fact that our experience is with uh, a covert narcissist yeah a covert narcissist yeah um yeah, so but that's I guess let's go into more detail about the scapegoat. Yeah, and what that means because I think it's it's a pretty shitty feeling to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, you would know. No. <laughs> um, so it's basically like the black sheep or like the bad seed of the family, like yeah. the odd one out, and you know they can't do anything right. Basically, yeah. you know the narcissist is like just criticizing them non-stop yeah like, there's nothing pretty nothing good about them or yeah you know they'll do stuff like um give you tasks or instructions and then even when you do them they'll find a way to criticize and demean you about it it's yeah I go, mean, you know go and do the dishes oh look you haven't cleaned this properly or and instead of instead of then i mean there's deeper stuff that yeah that's a pretty surface level the, explanation yeah, but i'm not doing the dishes properly. i can see the kitchen and it butts into my head yeah yeah <laughs> i think also it's important to understand that when say say you're listening to these stories and you're going oh okay my sister's definitely the scapegoat or you know my brother or whoever i think it's also too important to understand that the narcissist will also make up lies about about the scapegoat they will fabricate i mean they'll they'll make up lies about everyone especially the scapegoat because that person's already yeah um and I think that's one thing that I find really hard to come to terms with is the fact that, you know, we've we've found out a lot from our childhood <laughs> that is entirely fabricated. Yeah. Um, for well, yeah, I mean, we'll probably do a whole episode, episode on, <laughs> on this, but but just as a brief kind of overview, um, our dad was often put in the role of of being the scapegoat, almost um, always. Well, well, always forever, I would say. actually, yeah, forever. Um, but. And we were told that he deserved to be that he was yeah, a bad absolutely. person, and you know he he smoked weed and he you know did all sorts of stuff that you know he wasn't a good person, um, and then you know the three of us who are now no contact all have this vivid memory of coming home from school and getting mom, into the car and mum saying your dad's trying to take you away from me he's trying to get custody of you girls and she had in her hands I remember specifically she had in her hands papers that were supposed to be a like 12 page affidavit of him sending it to the courts and getting custody of us girls saying that mum doesn't look after us yeah and that he's he's trying to take us to sydney to to australia which is where he lived yeah yeah where he still lives and Um, and that was like a turning point a complete turning point to absolutely hate him set this chain in motion this chain of events in motion that we've had a rocky relationship from then till now with our dad. Yeah. And it's only in the last maybe year, year and a half, funnily enough, coinciding with when we went no contact yeah. that we're back in regular contact with our dad and good, healthy contact where we enjoy spending time with him and we have open talks about things and, you know, um, but, but basically she made that whole thing up. So we, we applied to the courts to get all of our, all of the court papers that, had gone through regarding us and yeah. regarding our dad and regarding our mum. And we found out that the affidavit paper, papers were fabricated. The, well, there was an affidavit, but it wasn't to get custody of us. It was because mum wasn't letting us talk to him. Yeah, and he and, was just trying to get back in contact Yeah, he with just us. wanted regular, like, once a week. But he never tried to get custody of us, ever. ever. Ever, because he knew what it would do to our family. Yeah, and our our youngest sister who we decided we're going to number them. So number five is our youngest. She has a different dad to us. And if dad had got custody of us, we wouldn't be able to see her. I mean, you know, 
even though she's technically our half sister, she's our actual sister. Yeah. So we never would have forgiven him for that, and I think he knew that. So, so he never would have tried to get custody no, of us. Ever, but, and he's he said that to us too. But you know, but because because mum was trying so hard to pin him as the scape as the scapegoat, put this label on him, and and doing as much as she can to turn us against him. She then fabricated this entire mm. thing. Yeah. Uh, that to changed our lives dramatically. Forever. I, yeah. I literally had not seen him for close to... Gosh, so long. 20 years? Yeah. Like, maybe just less than 20 years. I I had lost contact with him, and yeah. it's only just now that we've gotten back we in contact. And if we want to get sad, and then, oh, should we bring up Grandma? <laughs> I mean, we may as well, if we're being open and honest about it. Yeah. So that also meant we didn't have contact with our Grandma, which was um, our dad's mum. And we only recently, again, started talking to her again. And she recently, well, not recently, at the end of last year, she was diagnosed with terminal liver cancer and, then, and sadly passed away a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, but it was just a, it just shows the kind of effects that... Yeah. Having, and far-reaching. Yeah, and how far-reaching it is to have that label put on you and to have that poison be spread about you to other people yes um yeah it's 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 not nice it's not nice at all but yeah so that was a long-winded way of saying that my our dad was quite often the scapegoat (laughs) i feel like we're getting away from the topic but i don't think it matters really no um please tell us if it matters (laughs) (laughs) but yeah having i mean i guess from my experience being the scapegoat it it is just very isolating mm. and you know it's it's difficult because you see the narcissist almost teaming up with your siblings or teaming up with friends to target you mm-hmm. um and it 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 is very oh yeah isolating. she used to and do it is that very with my stressful. cousin and with her old employer I don't want to say her name but I'm yeah. hoping you'll get who I'm yeah. talking about who were similar ages to me and it's like she she would buddy up with them and leave me out like like and those two as a pair would like laugh at me or like yeah. make fun of me like yeah and isolate you yeah yeah, yeah. it's very very yeah. isolating i mean there were so many fights that would happen you know all mm. all all day all night Mm-hmm. And and I mean I was no saint during those fights. I would say some horrible things. Mm. But like I said last time, it's like this perfect storm. I guess you could say of yeah. the situation where you are pushed to this point that you never thought that you could get to, and that's exactly what she wants to happen. Yeah, she, because she wants to, she wants to push and prod and poke so far, so that way you end up acting out, and then she can point her finger at you and go. Aha, uh-huh. see? You're you, the, you're you're the, the bad, bad guy. one. You're, yeah. the ba- you're the bad one because of look at how you're acting Yeah. right now. Exactly. But after coming out of that now and removing ourselves from the situation and no longer being in that dynamic. Yeah, and being growing and going to therapy and having normal relationships with friends and things like that, it's kind of it's it's it shows the there was a there was a line that my therapist said to me and it was something like i guess we'll i can't remember what he said properly but it was something like i guess we'll continue to see the cost of what your mother did to you and and i think that is such a i mean it's true like yeah you you don't realize Oh my you don't, God. Like, you don't realize the effect that it's had on you until years later and you're going, why is it, why do I feel, why am I having a panic attack over this? Why mm. am I feeling anxious because I'm spending time with people, with a certain person? Or why do I feel anxious when people are drinking? Like, yeah. why, why do I not relax around alcohol? Like, yeah. And I think that's a really common theme with scapegoats who then get out and become adults is that they become so used to being emotionally closed off as children because they weren't allowed that space to mm. reveal their emotions because they were consistently told that they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it then leads them as adults to still have that armor up and to still be emotionally closed off to mm-hmm. protect themselves. And I mean, <laughs> I think that's like key for both Chloe and I is the fact that we both feel so uncomfortable crying. being emotional yeah. around each other, crying. Like it, I mean, 
around any but like when grandma Ellen, died yeah. i didn't even no i didn't even cry and i, and I still haven't and i didn't cry until you left and i was alone with ellen because yeah. ellen's like my safe person she's the only person i'll cry in front of it's so messed up like yeah. it's so and i think also because i was i was doing some research before we did this episode and reading about you know the effects that happen to scapegoats when they become adults and, and what can happen to them emotionally and stuff and they were talking about um how <laughs> I mean, this is me to a T, is that <gasps> scapegoats often become people who overwork themselves. I mean, oh, it's either... Not you. I mean, I, prior to us going into lockdown for COVID, I was working seven days a week for... So long. I don't even know how many, how many months. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would literally work myself to the bone every single every single week and not including when you would go and work out or yeah you would and then hang I would out go, with a friend or yeah I would hang out with us yeah and it's I think I mean there was stuff that I read online where they were saying it's to prove something to themselves or even the narcissist to kind of prove that they were wrong um but I think also it's almost like a way of running from yourself yeah you're always busy you don't have time to to deal with your emotions deal with deal with this pain that you're carrying yeah um yeah it's it's it i mean it's something that is a little bit difficult i think to talk about because it's like yeah you are left with these emotional scars where you're like okay i'm in pain but you don't have the tools to Mm. cope with them because you've always been told that those emotions were wrong and that you shouldn't feel them. Yeah. And so I think that's why it's so important for me now and for people who have been in the situation like you and anybody else out there, if you can afford it, go to therapy Mm -hmm. and read self-help books and listen to podcasts like this or, you know, talk to your friends about it because it's, it, it is this really heavy emotional thing that, needs to be addressed because you can't keep running from it like, no, like you, you can't at all no um yeah i'm sorry to get all deep in me <laughs> no i mean well both portia and i go to therapy and like i can't fault it like it's so yeah. beneficial and um just so helpful and sometimes we don't even talk about mum or you know we'll, well talk- why would you want to <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's but again, like we acknowledge, it's not something everyone can afford. I mean, I only do it when I can afford it myself. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's it's just, just something work that seven days a week, twenty four seven, like I do. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's also something is that the scapegoat, because they went through this shitty thing, and I'm kind of speaking for myself here, but I hope that people can relate to what I'm saying, and I hope that you can mm. as well going through something so hard and going through something that was that stressful, it often then means that you're more likely to seek help for your situation and to get out of that toxic situation because of the fact that you want to heal from the Mm. destructive And you're experiencing the negative side of it, whereas someone like the golden child who will do maybe next week or or a different episode, um, they're not experiencing that negative side so much. Yeah. So, you know, why would you want to leave when you have mum's love? Like, yeah. But and, on the and other side... when it's comfortable and mm. easy. Mm-hmm. If you're not put in a situation... I mean, I guess... I mean, people internalise and normalise abuse and they normalise just bad behaviour or bad situations mm-hmm. because it helps them pr- protect themselves. Mm-hmm. But it gets to a point where if you're experiencing something negative for such a long time and it's repeated over and over you then ev- eventually enough is enough like yeah <laughs> do you oh, get what i mean exactly yeah you, and you, i think that's what where it kind of came to with you is that you were just like i'm not doing this anymore i mean you were living in a house where number, i was like number four bought a wallet that you had given her Literally, and chopped it up and put it on your bed they, or something, this was, right? when, this was when they found out that I was moving out because the situation with me moving out was I was signed into a rental with the people that I was living with and obviously I couldn't get out of that because they had worked it so... Essentially, I had no way of getting out. I knew mm. that they weren't going to get in a flatmate to, to replace, replace me. You. So I was like, okay... I can't be here anymore, so I'm going to move out and find a new place to live. And I'm just going to pay the rent for the room that I was staying in mm. and also pay the rent the for new rent, yeah. where I was living. Um, which was hard, but whatever, I'm glad that I did yeah. it. But 
but it was really interesting because I, I had started packing up my things and I was getting ready to leave and I was going to send a text message and be like, oh, just so you know, I'm moving out. Like mm. I'm still, and letting them understand that the I was still going to be paying yeah. rent and I would still uphold my side of that because I didn't want any more mess that was already no. happening. No, and you weren't, th- like even then, even though you were coming around to the side of her being so horrible, you weren't going to just ditch them and be like, sort out the rent yourselves. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, can you imagine the, Oh my God. The stress of that. Yeah. Yeah. It was stressful enough having to go no contact, let alone dealing with, you know, rental problems yeah. and potentially getting in trouble for that. But it was really not, I mean, I say funny, but it's like, that's because we laugh at all our shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was quite, um, yeah, funny, I guess. <laughs> Because I came home and I bought my other sister, number, number four, four. <laughs> I bought her a really nice wallet for her birthday or for Christmas. I can't remember. And she really loved it. And I came home. It was home. a cool wallet. Yeah. I wanted it. Yeah. I wanted it as well. <laughs> and, I, and I came home and it was like ripped up, this leather she wallet. she cut it, yeah, right? Yeah, she cut it up and ripped it up into tiny pieces and she had like thrown it on the floor oh of my room. My and I mean, me still not able to hold my tongue. I like picked it up and just like smiling smugly just went and gave it to her i'm like oh you left something in my room and they they blew up and would call me all names under the sun but but it yeah it's how did we get onto that story i don't even know i don't even know but hopefully somebody laughed at that yeah um or maybe just us yeah yeah um but yeah so it's quite often that scapegoat who does leave first so it, in this case, it was Portia, and she did leave first. And then it's quite often that scapegoat who can educate other siblings yeah. and on what took place, what really took place, and what life is like when you get out. And, like, and it kind of sets this chain reaction off where, I mean, you would hope. Mm. For I mean, for our other sister who, number... Two. <laughs> two. Oh, well, we can. Who? She said we can name her because she wants to come on and talk with us. So, oh, awesome. number two, who's also no contact, is Bridie. Yeah. Um, so it set off this like chain reaction where. Why was I bringing up Bridie? Yeah, it's it almost sets off this chain reaction where you can then sort of. I mean, I'd, I would hope so. Mm. I, I remember why I brought up Bridie now. It was, <laughs> it was because. Um, we were talking about who had gone no contact and saying that us three older girls had gone yeah, no contact. But it was – you You hope that it would set off this chain reaction where you can then influence – not – I guess not I know, cause, because you were always right really word. good about not telling us, hey, read this because this is what mum is. Well, no, I did you send you a lot of links. Yeah, but you weren't <laughs> like, this is everything mum does. It was more just like, hey, you should read this. You yeah. know, it, it, and you were you weren't pushy at all, and you were respectful. That I'm at glad that, that point you don't think that because I I really worried that I was no being like OTT. I know that Bridie and I both felt really bad because we we were walking this line of wanting to stay in between you yeah. and mum, but we were agreeing with everything you said, and every time we'd read something more, we would message each other like, "Holy mm. shit!" You know, yeah. what do we do? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's how the scapegoat can kind of change yeah break the chain of abuse yeah yeah break the cycle 100 percent um yeah it's yeah (laughs) i don't know but i mean for i guess maybe let's like flip the script a little bit and talk about how it felt to not be the scapegoat when someone else was the scapegoat and you were sitting there being roped into these sort of smear campaigns and you know just yeah, not being nice to and, someone. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess I don't really know because I was um, <laughs> mostly the scapegoat and mostly picked on by everybody. Well, and I think as well, I had moved out or I was older when a lot of this stuff... When the real juicy... Yeah. Juicy? <laughs> but, I mean... When, when the we... real juicy abuse happened. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, that's terrible. But, like, when, when it was, like, bad, bad times, like, when I was 13, 14, 15... Like um, bad peak alcoholic times. Yeah, I know. I know there were times like all siblings where your siblings in trouble, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, I'm not in trouble." Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's really, it's really funny because I was talking to my friend. Um, this is totally off subject, but yeah. it, it was really funny. I've so my best friend. She has two um 
two kids. And so she, hopefully, I don't know if she's listening to this, but they're really adorable, lovely we kids. We love your kids. <laughs> and it was really funny because I noticed that when the oldest kid is 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 watching the other kid be told off, she has this like, like little oh, sly smirk on, smirk on her face or, or vice versa. If the, oh if the oldest one is getting told off, so then the true. little boy will be like... He's, she's getting told off and not and me. And I'm not. Yeah, and it's totally like that when That's such kids. a typical, like, sibling thing. Yeah, of, of like, reveling in the fact yeah. that your sibling is being told off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as we got older, it's a little bit different. Yeah, and, like, now I think back and I'm like, man, that must have been so shit to have everybody well, Do you remember when, you? when um, I got kicked out? Vaguely, and all of you guys turned against me. I know, like I, I, and that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. uh, Well, not I don't I don't I know know. I know. Like I literally I didn't have contact with you guys for yeah years because of because she kicked me out and because she turned everybody against me. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I like lost all of my family. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) a weekend. No. <laughs> and now we're gonna cry together. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. I I was working a lot then, so it's hard for me to remember. Um. I would work ridiculous shifts, but yeah. I vaguely remember it, and I remember talking about like how sad it was that you were this different person and you changed, yeah. and you know all this kind of crap. It was just lucky, I guess, at that time that I had really close friends yeah. that were there to support me. Yeah. Um. I think, I mean, just sort of teeing this into sort of a subject that I want to talk about is when the scapegoat leaves. Because, Mm. I mean, we'll talk about in future future topics going no contact and what happens and what a narcissist will do when you go no, no contact and when you leave. But one thing that happens quite often to the scapegoat is that because you've been this voice of, um, I don't want to say reason because I don't necessarily think it's reason because in this situation there is there is no reason mm. there is no logic to the mm-hmm. situation but when you've been the voice of truth I guess you could say yeah. or the one who's rocking the boat enough to go hey don't just kind of going against the grain a little yeah bit. going against the grain and 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 speaking out against the narcissist um quite often then when you extract yourself from that situation, the narcissist and the rest of the family will sort of double down and attempts to solidify the the family so that mm. way the scapegoat doesn't actually have a chance to poison the rest of the family members and potentially have them leave too, which obviously happened yeah this time because of the fact that I left and then you guys left as well. Yeah. But but often they'll try to gaslight remaining family members and, you know, kind of be set out on these well, the smear funny, campaigns. The funny thing is, is that you would send me messages saying, you know, this is what a narcissist is. And then I would get a message from mum saying, here's what Portia used to do to me. She oh gaslit God. me. She's a narcissist. And I'm yeah. like, um, okay, <laughs> someone's a narcissist. But that's such a common, and it's such a damaging thing as well, is, mm. is these smear campaigns where they, where they will try to um, discredit the scapegoat by essentially calling them crazy. Yeah. By essentially saying, you know, she's been crazy ever since she was a child. She has anger management issues. Oh, my she's, gosh. She's the narcissist. The one that mum mom's line was, she's been abusing me for years and I kept letting her do it, but I won't anymore. Like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> that's I, not... That's no. like... I, th- I think for me that, like, hits really hard because of the fact that... that that was something that I was so worried that I was coming out of it because I was worried that I had anger management issues and I was worried that I was, you know, this abusive, horrible person. And so I think, I mean, it was really stressful at the time to hear this and it still kind of like feels a bit like, oh, when I remember the fact that she was saying that about me because I was so worried about that. You didn't want that to be who you were. Yeah. And, but the one thing that's really nice is that I've come away from it and, you know, all of my relationships have improved. My, you know, mental health has improved. I'm yeah. on the steps to healing and, you know, I I don't have anger issues, which At is so all. nice. <laughs> and I think we mentioned it even in the first episode that, you know, mum said, oh, you be careful, like you'll be her yeah. next punching bag. But I don't have a next punching bag. Yeah. It's so good. Because you don't have <laughs> anger issues. Yeah. And and so, yeah, that's one thing that, that 
narcissists will do when the scapegoat tries to leave is they'll try to discredit you and say, you know, mm. it, you're the one who was the Which problem. often means that you end up going no contact either intentionally or unintentionally with other family members. Yeah. So, like, number four in our family doesn't want to speak to us because we're no contact with mum. Yeah, um, and she's still... Yeah, she's she's wrapped up in that and that stuff world. <laughs> um, and that's one thing we quickly, I actually just quickly want to mention is that we don't want to speak for anybody else in terms of yeah. our sisters. The only thing, or even 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 our friends. Because yeah, I know that I'm going to be talking about certain experiences that I've had with certain friends. Mm. Um, and I and I don't want to speak for other people. Yeah, because. I don't know what their exactly. exact experiences. So all we'll be speaking on is, is our experiences. So if it does involve number four or number five. Or friends or fa- other family. Yeah, it will more just be how we, we saw it. We observed the situation. Yeah. We will never, it'll never be hearsay or, you know, she told me that that this person said yeah. this. Like, it's all, yeah. I, think, I just wanted to I think. I think also out. it's really important for us to define that um those rules because Mm. of the fact that that's something that a narcissist and our mother would never do she would she would be the one controlling the narrative yeah and it's not our job to control other people's narratives no so right you know this podcast is our narrative and our experiences and i know for me as the oldest compared to number four number five the two youngest we have severely different experiences and number four, number five do not remember putting their mother to bed when she was drunk because they didn't do that. I did. And And they don't remember, you know, trying to be a, being a young, young child and trying to feed your mum coffee because that's what you heard would sober them up when she had fallen backwards. God, anyway, too drunk, but this all sounds so depressing and, and I, I feel like and it is goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like we've gone back and forth, but hopefully we've kind of given a decent enough explanation, explanation of a scapegoat and kind of what revolves around that. But the good thing that we kind of wanted to end this on is that there is there hope, is hope. and <laughs> at the end of the rainbow, you know, you get out of that horrible dynamic and that horrible like cycle and you just see what, it sounds so cheesy, but like you see what life has to offer and you can choose yeah. your own family. Like yeah. I've always thought like, no, you have to talk to your family. You have to talk to your mom. Like you your have blood to talk relatives. To your yeah. But you actually don't. Like I have my two sisters that are no contact and number five. And I have. But even if, even if let's, let's say it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you had gone no contact and we were still in contact with mm. them and you're no contact by yourself. It It's such a, common thing that you feel sorry i, I know no, i just no, derailed no. you but but i think it's such a common thing for people when they go no contact to lose contact with all their family but i think the important thing is well that i've learned and i know that's what you were going to say is that you get to choose who your family yeah. is family doesn't just mean mean blood relatives. blood relatives it doesn't have to mean that at all it can mean what you want it to mean and I, i'm sorry i did no <laughs> it's okay so like f- i know for you and for me like we i've got my wife who's like a sister to portia yeah. and um the family i work for are like my family yeah um hopefully they don't mind that um and i don't think they no. do <laughs> <laughs> and that's my insecurities um and you know they've adopted portia and ellen alongside with yeah. them and we're just like this big family and it's so nice yeah. like yeah. And you've got your friend best friend yeah i need to figure out if i can say her name yeah i know i keep going to say i have asked her to be on this and so she said yes she's really knowledgeable i should probably double check before i go go naming anybody i know but yeah (laughs) because they're like no (laughs) but yeah so this it's it sounds really like uh new wavy and like like but it's spiritual healing like choose your family but it's so true like you can be in control of who you want in your life and who you want just oh, I'm totally trailed off there. I'm just like <laughs> thinking about it all. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you you it's like there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel tunnel. And even if you again, we're not telling everyone to go no contact. Because low that's contact not the beyond whatever. Anymore. Yeah, whatever you end up doing, you you can surround yourself with people that make you happy and yeah. help you grow as a person and, and you help them grow. Yeah, yeah. And people who want to see you flourish mm-hmm. rather than trying to make you fail or keep I, you down yeah. yeah and keep you you know there there's this there's this there's this thing that 
I can't remember specifically, but you know, people who are like, like we're talking about new, new age, mm -hmm. woo woo kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's this, there's this thing of like keeping you below, keeping your energy level low or whatever. Mm -hmm. People who drain your energy and mm -hmm. they keep you at this low energy level or whatever. But it's like you then remove yourself from that and surround yourself with people who are on the same yes. energy level and as bring you. you up to where they are and, and you just you just you vibe just, man yeah like <laughs> yeah it's just it's so much better and and for anyone listening who maybe identifies with the scapegoat sort of label you know if anybody wants to reach out and have do. a conversation about this please do not even like i don't want you to feel like we we're sharing we'll share your story like even if you just want to talk like please and yeah. it doesn't have to be you can be anonymous whatever we actually had um an email we had a couple of emails but an email from someone i think she wanted to be called julie <laughs> i actually can't remember the fake name so hopefully she doesn't mind that i'm using the wrong fake name but yeah who told the story about with her mother who she went no contact with mm. and it's just nice to like hear that, that other people go through the same thing and, and we hope that that's what they we're come getting out across. sane or relatively yeah, sane yeah yeah we hope that that's what we're getting across because yeah the whole grass is greener on the other side thing. Like it's so much better on this side. It's, and it's literally so much better. So like much come better. join us on this side. Yeah. We have like coffee Everything is better. and like... you know, we have a dog. <laughs> so yeah. Once again, who's sleeping at the end of the bed. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've rambled for a very long time. And, and you're probably sick of our voices now. You're probably sitting in the car at work, like shut up so I can go to work. Yeah. Or you're like finishing your run. I don't know. Do people I, I, yeah. I listen to podcasts when I run, but. Maybe other people don't. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I'm rambling. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. If you stuck it through the nearly an hour of content, <laughs> I would really love to hear from people who are listening to this. Yeah. Um, I've seen some of our stats from Spotify yeah, we're and so stuff. Excited. And apparently we have people listening in Germany. Yeah. Who which are is, you? Yeah. Say hello. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> How did you find us? Yeah. Anyway, uh, look after yourselves. And um, have a wonderful time in yeah. life. <laughs> and look after yourselves in terms of coronavirus as well. Wash yeah. your hands. Please be safe. Thanks yeah. for listening, guys. Stay classy.